There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SEM Track. Saturday night, it is Saturday morning in Wollongong. We are broadcasting from the Wollongong Golf Club on another glorious day. It is bright, it is warm, it is still, and the players here at the Wollongong Golf Club are having quite the day. You are listening through 1575 Illawarra Track, 1170 in Sydney, and on the SEN app. I hope that's the way to listen. Fox Sports' Matt Russell joined by Illawarra Hawks Championship great and current president, Matt Campbell. Good morning to you, Matty. We have so much to get through this morning. Plenty of league in the first hour, including round 16, including Shane Flanagan's arrival to the Dragons, plus Origin. We'll preview that. There's Ashes, there's Socceroos, there's US Open Golf, there's AFL, there's Super Rugby. It just goes on and on. Good morning, my friend. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, what a cracking day. And, yeah, how much jam-packed sport can we get in one show? So, really looking forward to the show today. If listeners are just waking up, I want you to give them your Ashes report. Matt Campbell's Ashes report. Am I right in thinking they've made some history, the Poms, overnight? Yeah, first, the the, the earliest declaration in Ashes history last night was seen. Uh, as the Poms came out and absolutely belted, the Australian attack um, in obviously came out with the mindset of being aggressive from the first ball four off the first ball so um, it was great watching actually it was intriguing to see just uh, a one day style of batting performance from the Poms to, to really shake it up a little bit so really interesting to see how the Aussies go today we, we, we didn't lose a wicket the Poms declared at 393 um, and left four overs to go to see what could happen and uh, yeah the Aussies got through it alright Warner got off to a bit of a start so fingers crossed the uh, the Aussie attack um, from that point of view can do well tonight when, when they kick off. Warner, Kawaja still there. None for 14, the Aussies. In response to England's 8 for 393, as you said, uh, declaring late on day one. Joe Root, his 30th test century. Baz Ball, at its brilliant best, they were scoring at about five runs, six runs and over yeah. from the get-go. Jeff Boycott, he would have loved that. <laughs> the, uh, the former... England uh, stalwart uh, watching Basball. Brennan McCullum's attack at all costs approach working for England on day one of the Ashes. We're going to come back to some US Open golf, but Ricky Fowler has just started his second round. He's leading 11 under. A couple of Aussies well placed, Matty. Yeah, yeah. Cam Smith um, picked up overnight, did really well. So he's uh, sitting in there at 10th um, and Lee's in there at 7th. I think he will equal 6th. So, yeah, going well. So. Minwoo Lee, a, a second round five under. Cam Smith, second round three under. So, they're prominently placed. We are here at the Wollongong Golf Club. Thanks to Wollongong City Motors, Impact Garage Doors, impacting Illawarra at homes for 20 years. You love Impact Garage Doors, mateys. You've got a big Impact Garage door at your house. I do. They're just great people. Uh, good local company servicing all of the Illawarra as well as South Sydney, down all the way down the coast. They go all the way down, right down, all the way down to the border. So they're a great company, do great things in the Illawarra. And, of course, the Illawarra Mercury, which has sent one of its finest to the Gold Coast to cover Tim Zhu and his fight tomorrow against Mexican Carlos Ocampo. It's Tim's first fight since he did this to former world champion Tony Harrison in Sydney. He's pouring in shots. This Harrison goes down. Harrison goes down off a barrage. Tim Zhu took it to another level. 
to his feet. Look there. But for how long? He's on Look there. very unsteady oh. legs. It was real for Tony Harrison. <laughs> How real will it be for Carlos Acampo? Well, Mitch Jennings is sunning himself on the Gold Coast, covering the promotion for the Illawarra Mercury. Does Carlos cop the same treatment that Tony did, Mitch? Oh, boy, oh, boy, it'll be interesting to see. Watching him yesterday at the press conference, Matty, I was actually struck by just how big Carlos Acampo is for a, for a super welterweight. It's probably the first time I've seen, um, you know, Timmy go nose-to-nose with an opponent and, and look clearly the, the smaller man. It'll be interesting to see how they go on the scales this morning at the weigh-in. But, uh, yeah, certainly certainly a big fight for Timmy, and you've got to wrap him for, for taking it. I think George Rose, uh, promoter, yesterday spoke about, oh, I guess, the risk you're taking because Timmy's been in that, that mandatory position uh, to fight for Jamel Charlo's uh, undisputed uh, titles, and that's mandated for the end of by the end of September this year. But just been some hiccups in, in making that fight happen, and he's jumped back in the ring twice. That obviously fight that we just heard there uh, with Tony Harrison was a very impressive fight, but it was one he didn't need to take. Uh, he's just doing it to, to make sure he stays busy and make sure he's you know as best prepared he can be for when that undisputed fight does take place. And uh, yeah, he's got Carlos Acampo in front of him, a really really you know good opponent for you know to be fighting. It's not it's, this is not uh, you know a simple tune up fight. It's it's, it's a tough opponent. He, his only losses, Carlos Acampo, come to Sebastian Fundora, who's you know one of the top welterweights, super welterweights. Uh, doing his flying his trade now, and obviously to Errol Spence, who a lot of people, you know, having their, you know, their top five pound for pound list. So it's a very, very credible resume, and it's a, it's a, it's going to be a big test for Timmy. But uh, looking, the form he's in, the mindset he's in, as we just heard, the way he demolished Tony Harrison last time out, uh, you know, you, you've got to be. Well, I probably don't share the reservations that uh, that gorgeous George Rose uh, does about the fight, but. Of course, I, I don't have as much skin in that game. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, to watching them get on the scales today and, yeah, certainly getting the ring tomorrow, uh, tomorrow afternoon. Why don't you share those reservations? I heard on the promos and saying a zoo has never lost to a Mexican, of course, including his dad, Costia, in that saying as well. Why aren't you worried about Carlos Ocampo, Mitch? Well, look, I think you, you've got to be... You know, worried at this at this level, anything can happen at, at boxing at this at this level. But it's just the level uh, Tim's sort of shown himself to be on. I think, thinking his last couple of fights, he's just been a guy that has had this exponential growth with every fight he's had. He just comes out and impresses you more and more each time he does it. The the rapid leap he's made from fight to fight through his career, particularly in this most recent part of his career, uh, he's just pretty much untouchable at the moment, as far as I'm concerned. And Sean Porter from Obviously, the, the former world champion, he's here uh, working for Showtime in America, covering the uh, covering the fight. He, he feels Tim's the you know the best active fighter applying his trade at the moment in world boxing, as far as his reg- regularity of action and, and the way he's turning through opponents. So he's just on a really really super high level, and the way he's performing, he's had a bit. Of, he had a dog bite incident, and of course, he had 26 stitches. I think it was <laughs> a bite on the arm from a dog, but. Uh, I'll tell you what, Mitch, I was taken back, I was taken back yesterday when I saw some, some pictures of that bite. Like, this is not just a little scratch or a nip. That was a, that was a significant taking to by said canine. Yeah, it was. It was, it was interesting. Someone actually asked him, have you seen the photos? He said, well, I, I probably didn't need to. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> he, um, yeah, exactly. It's something you don't expect in a, in a, in a 
fight preparation, obviously. But uh, look, it's not going. It's not going to stop him. He's he, he just wants to be in the ring. He's obviously hungry. He's at that stage of his career. He's in. He's in. Like I said, that that type of headspace. There's, there's nothing that would stop him uh, getting in the ring at this point. Uh, and like I said, Acampo is going to be an interesting story. He can probably play out. You know, he's got a Mexican style, that come forward style, and that can probably play out. Uh, one or two ways, as Timmy said himself, he goes. It could become a very easy fighter. It could become a very, very hard fight. He might make it scrappy. He might make it difficult uh, for Tim and, and take him deep into the fight. Or with that come forward style, the way uh, Tim can sort of pick people off from from range, it might be you know target practice for Timmy if it uh, if it goes out that way. So it's, it's it's an interesting fight. The way it could it could swing one way or the other. But uh, yeah, look, I'd be I'm very confident backing uh, backing Tim in this one. Mitch, you and I could only dream of being professional athletes. Matt Campbell, you have been one for the best part of 20 years. As one former pro athlete talking about another, what do you like about Tim's you? Not just his boxing, the way he carries himself, the way he handles the promotions on mainevent.com.au. Go there to buy the fight today. Don't wait for tomorrow. What do you like about Tim's you? Yeah, look, it's interesting from my point of view. You're talking about uh, the son of a superstar. Now, that's the real... That's the real um, conundrum for me when I look at this sort of situation. Yeah, the pressure that he must have been under early days when he was coming through as a fighter, as a junior, you know, when he was at school, all those little bits and pieces, to, to now be where he's at, like, you know, arguably one of the best, if not the best in the world, like, that's a, um, you know, the, it's, it's a crazy situation. And he's just gone about it. He's not as flamboyant as, as, as a lot of fighters are, very confident in his own ability, but at the end of the day, just keeps knocking off. Like keeps going out, does his business, walks away, works hard, gets back into it, just keeps going through the motions. So for me, I think he's a real grounded uh, superstar, and I'm that's that makes him dangerous. I think in this sport. So uh, if he can continue and keep his confidence up, he's going to be a real superstar. Looking forward to that fight against Charlo. All going well later this year. The promotion tomorrow starts about one thirty Eastern. I think Tim Zhu scheduled to be in the fight around the four thirty mark. Mainevent.com.au, the place to go to buy that fight. And Jenna, you're up there. Not just covering Tim Zhu against Mexican Carlos Ocampo, but also Albion Park's very own. So Wollongong or the Illawarra's Sammy Goodman against a 32-year-old American, Ra'is Aline. Now, there's a name for you, Ra'is <laughs> Aline. How's Sammy going to go at 14-0 with seven KOs against the man from Michigan, Ra'is Aline? Yeah, it's, it's certainly a very big step up uh, for Sammy. He, he started a you know a pretty firm favourite in, in all these pro bouts to date. He's actually a, you know with the bookies an outsider uh, in this one, so it's new territory for him. And look, it's not hard to understand. Race Islam uh, Aline rather is uh, it's, his, it's his first fight outside uh, outside the US, but he's put together a twenty and zero record. He's fought on some big shows, got a lot of the experience. Probably shades Sammy in the in the experience stakes. So. It's a big step up, and there's a, there's a lot on the line. It's the risk you've got to take. I mean, there's a, it's an IBF eliminator, so the winner of this fight will take on uh, Marlon Tapales, Filipino, who has uh, the WBA and the IBF belt at present. So it's the type of risk and the type of big fight you, you need to navigate if you want to get to that world title stage, which is where Sammy's going. It's where he's been earmarked to go for a long time. But uh, it's going to be... I'm, I'm really, really keen to see this fight because, you know, races uh, are lean. He does... He's very, very unorthodox. He, he does things that, you know, fundamentally would make a, you know, a boxing purist coach cringe. You know, the awkward angles and all this type of stuff. It's very, very, it's very, very strange. But he's obviously made it work for him. He's twenty and zero, and Sammy's got that more with his his lengthy amateur background. Has a a very pure boxing style. So it's probably going to be a boxer against 
you know, I always say the brawler, but boxer against a, a puncher, it's going to be a very, very interesting to see how that plays out. But look, I'm very, in very much the same way, Tim Zhu, in his headspace just strikes you whenever you talk to him. Sammy's, to my, for my mind, in the same same sort of headspace. He's just, he's that confident in his preparation, his ability. I actually went and watched him spar um, former world champion Isaac Dogbo uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he was looking absolutely sharp. He's looking primed. It's the best preparation he's ever he's ever had. So he's ready to go out there. He's got this huge um, supporter crew, the Mad Bunch. I'm not sure if anyone's been to fights or seen it come through the television screen, but I've seen when them. the Seven Nation Army <laughs> plays, when he's making his walkout, the Albion Park Mad Bunch just lift the roof off. And well, Matty, and that's that's really the subplot to this to this fight because if he can get the win and, and earn that world title shot against Marlon Tapales. It, it's not outside the realms of possibility that that world title fight would occur in Wollongong. Obviously, no limited bought fight here before. Paul Gowan knocking out Lucas Brown, one of the biggest upsets we've seen in Australian boxing, uh, happened there at the WEC uh, a couple of years back. So they'd be very keen to do it with um, Tapales being uh, you know, a Filipino champion that Asia-Pacific type bout they could have. it, So it's not out of the realm's possibility at all. Mm. It's something that's genuinely being discussed about possibly bringing that world title fight to Wollongong. Uh, if that were the case, the, the Mad Bunch would be lifting the roof off that place. Uh, <laughs> Seven Nation Army, well, Sammy Goodman, it'll be uh, it'll be a sight to see. So it, it's certainly uh, something I'm, I'd be looking forward to, but uh, obviously a fight to get through tomorrow for Sammy uh, first up. The Mad Bunch is an understatement. Like the crew that used to come and support Matt Campbell, I tell you what, the Mad Bunch would have a few other words in there. Crazy, yep, yep. Um, loopy. They they provide great atmosphere. We look forward to covering or your coverage of this promotion in the Illawarra Mercury, Mitch. But before we let you go, you are the beat reporter, the senior rugby league writer at the Mercury. The news that Shane Flanagan is going to take control. Give us a 20-second assessment of that, mate. Look, very, very interesting. It, he was he was five hundred to one, little as a you know a fortnight ago. Uh, I think the reaction we've seen since he's been appointed, it seems like there's been a big sigh of relief almost uh, across the board. A lot of people probably their opinion on whether he he should get the role was probably clouded by whether they thought he could. There were obviously some serious reservations on the St George side of the board, but uh, very much speaking to Ryan Webb, it sounds very much a case of now that they've got him in there in place quickly. They're confident he's a guy they can just throw the keys to and, and drive it drive it forward. So and I, I'm hoping the same thing, and I think the same thing will happen. So uh, it's happened almost by accident, but I think uh, probably the right appointment in the end. Geno, I've got a great bang the gong coming up. Listeners will have to stay tuned for that one. Do you have a bang the Gold Coast, seeing that you're uh, reporting interstate this morning? Matty, the way you're going, I might bang the I might bang the uh, the Broad Beach Ocean, <laughs> in the <laughs> Wollongong Ocean. The way you're going. Well, I, I banged the Wollongong my, Ocean in the past. So, the they're, they're two of the great water masses in the world, aren't they? The Broad yep. Beach Ocean and the Wollongong Ocean. They should be renamed. Mm. Indeed, they are. No, very, very good. The view of it from the balcony is very, very good this morning. So I might I might even go and dip my toe in, Matty, uh, when I get a good. chance. Good stuff. Enjoy the water. Enjoy the fights tomorrow. We look forward to watching Sammy Goodman salute. And then, of course, Tim Zhu take down the Mexican Carlos Acampo. There is Mitch Jennings live from the Gold Coast up there for the Illawarra Mercury covering that fight promotion and also commenting on the big news that we'll talk about later on in the show, Maddie. Shane Flanagan in to the Dragons to take control for the next three years. Can he navigate his way up the ladder? Let's hope so. A break and then we're back with more Saturdays in the Gong on SEN. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today.
You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Great to have you with us on a glorious morning at the Wollongong Golf Club. Matt Russell alongside Matt Campbell. How about we go around the grounds, Matty? Firstly to LA, US Open. Ricky Fowler has mm. dropped a shot. So the two Aussies in the top ten have just pulled a little bit closer. They've finished their rounds. Who are they? How are they going? Yeah, yeah. Cam Smith's sitting on tenth. So he's our, obviously the superstar that we always love. And Lee's just sitting in there at equal six at the moment. So at six under. So both, uh, both in the hunt on day two of the US Open. Fowler. At 10 under for the tournament, Lee four shots adrift, Smith six shots adrift, and Basball last night, England declaring eight for 398 on the first day. Yeah, unbelievable. On Look, the first day. It's crazy scenes. I mean, what a great way to start an Ashes series. I mean, they were, they were aggressive from the start, hit four off the first ball, the, the Pommies, and, uh, you know, really exciting. It's a, a good way to take it to the Aussies after winning the, the World Championship, if they call it. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I was pretty excited to, to see what uh, what today ends up like with the Aussies. It's going to be good tonight. You know what job I'd like if I wasn't in broadcasting? I'd like to be the marketing manager of the <laughs> Wollongong Golf Club because really? I reckon it's the easiest job in the world. As I look out over the golf course this morning, still sunny, packed with players, it is a, it's a picture. Again, we say it week in, week out, I know. but it's perfect. Nicole Walker, good how morning. good to be involved with this club on a morning like this. Have a look at it. We've turned it on for you, Matt. Oh, again. Again, always. It, last year it was hardly dry. This year it seems to be perfect week in, week out. Yeah, it's looking pretty immaculate at the moment. Ray and his boys are, uh, are doing a great job. They had a bit of rehab work to do, but they're um, they're on track and the course is looking absolutely glorious. A big week ahead because Rugby League heads into Origin 2 and SEN's neutral call will be done from the Wollongong Golf Club. Matty, you and I will be down here. I will. Uh, taking in the surrounds and enjoying the occasion. Nicole, what's planned around Wednesday night? Absolutely. Well, we can't wait to host you guys. We'll be putting on a bit of a function for you. Some beautiful Ooh. spit roast pork rolls on Ooh. the go. Mm-hmm. Um, hungry already. Some chicken wings. Some great deals from Tui's, lots of action, all the screens showing the game live, and uh, where else would you rather be? Absolutely. Jimmy Smith will be down here along with Tim Manor, Moses Embite, the Dragon, joining them for the call. So if people are listening in Sydney and planning a day down to the gong or around the Illawarra, do they just lob? Do you have to come ring up and in. book? No, come on in. The, ter- the tap-in bar will be open from um, from 6pm, well, actually 5pm. Um, come on down, grab yourself a spot, um, enjoy some food and beverage. Um, we'll have you guys set up doing the call from the screens. Beautiful. And I think you guys are coming down a little bit early to go and have a hit because why wouldn't you? Might be some Play lost balls. Holes. Might be some lost balls. And for those who haven't been to the Wollongong Golf Club, listening in Sydney, it's a Lynx course that runs along the side of Wollongong City Beach. So mm. uh, as you play, what holes are those ones over there, Maddie? As you play some of the holes on the course, you are basically looking straight out over the whales, mm. migrating north. Yeah, pretty much the whole course runs all the way along the uh, the south beach in Wollongong. So we are literally right in the middle of the city. It's right next to Wynn Stadium where the, where the football's been played, <laughs> right next to Wynn Stadium where the basketball's played, you, you stumble out and you walk into the nightclubs and out into the nightlife <laughs> here. So the Wollongong Golf Course is a magnificent space. Um, it's just, We're so lucky that we've got it um, this close to the city. Um, you know, it's just a, a wonderful location, wonderful course, and the people here are great. My son surfs uh, on the beach here, and I've been sitting watching him 
surf and had a ball land beside me. I expected Kramer out of Seinfeld to come over. <laughs> is it a Titleist? <laughs> but that's how good it is. That's the location of the place. And, Nick, you came here from the Wild Wild West, WA, I where you were girl. running the Scorchers and, and overseeing Correct. their fantastic success. So the, the most pertinent question, are you a blue or maroon at this time of year? I go for Queensland. Oh, come on, right. You're, always, get her off. Always have. Get her off. Always. I, think, I think the far edges of the continent, the, the far east of the far west, we sort of back each other in. So, um, yeah, my husband hates us. <laughs> we very nearly got divorced before we made it down to oh, Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you had a good start to the series, and uh, I, I was going to wonder whether you fell in love with the Maroons when they were winning eight in a row, but it's more to do with a, some sort of link between Queensland and WA, you reckon? Uh, yeah, and my favourite uncle lives in Brizzy. Okay, so, there yeah, you go. Shout out mm. to my uncle. <laughs> well, we're, we're looking forward to Wednesday night. Get down here, Wollongong Golf Club. Uh, you would have been happy with the Queenslanders last night, um, Nick. Have a listen to the way the Cowboys snuck home in Golden Point against the Premiers. Here's their chance. Granville feeds it for Townsend. He goes wide to Dearden. Drinkwater, the third option. He comes back to the right-hand side. Shows it. Still going. Drinkwater! Drinkwater wins it! The Cowboys get out of jail. What a run by Drinkwater. I thought we were headed for our second draw of the season after Golden Point, mm. remembering Mudgee. Yep. Manly and Newcastle finished all square, but they were looking for a field goal. They went one, two, three. In the end, Drinkwater said, I'll just run. And he ran all the way to a rare Golden Point try. So even though they were missing five players each to origin these teams and Nathan Cleary, what great theatre. Yeah, absolutely. I thought Penrith were outstanding. I, you know, with all those people out, I, I thought, unfortunately for them, they are probably the better side on the night. And um, But the two teams just battled. It was one of those classic, mm. you know, sort of punch-for-punch punch, um, rugby league games. And, you know, the reality is, and I, I look at this every week, every time I see a Golden Point game, everybody always sets up for that field goal. And really, the opportunity to run and get yourself a, a, an easy try is always on the cards. And I think if Penrith had done the same thing prior, I reckon they would have scored as well. Nick, last night down here at Wollongong Golf Club, obviously Friday night footy would have been on the screens, attracting a big crowd as always on the Friday nights. And, Absolutely. Uh, were they leaning one way or the other, the crowd in here last night? Just going for a good game, I think. And they got it. And they Absolutely. got it. They got a cracker. Absolutely. My tips came through, so I was pretty Oh, that's that. good. Yeah. How are you going in your tipping comp, pretty by the good. way? Pretty good. I had a shocker last week, but I've been pretty consistent. I'm running last in mine. Oh, Maddie? I'm fourth. Okay, going pretty good. Yeah, I'll come good over the back end of the season. Uh, So the Cowboys go to seven and eight now for the season. And you compare that to what could have been six and nine. Mm. Boy, that's a big win for them last night. There's a few teams in that position at the moment. Yeah, no, I spoke about a few weeks ago. Cowboys are one of those teams for me that really have really struggled at the start of the year. And if they can show something through this origin little period, I think they've got a good run home. So um, I think this is the stepping stone they need for the rest of the season. And I... I expect them to make finals. Nick, final say, Wednesday night, the SEN neutral call done at the Wollongong Golf Club. Food, drink, a great golf course. What else could we want? Well, some giveaways from Tui's would be good. Oh. They've, uh, they've chucked in a few things to give away over the bar, including a New South Wales retro uh, jersey for one lucky punter who comes down. Now we're so, talking. Lots of fun stuff. Well, I hope you win that, Nick, and you can put the New South <laughs> Wales jersey on. Yeah, about that? that on. <laughs> you do a great job here. It's a fantastic facility. We say it. It's a cliche. Yeah. This is a, a jewel in Wollongong's crown, and you have a big role in presenting it as such. So yeah. congratulations and thank you for what you do. Thank you. We can't wait to see you Wednesday we'll night. We'll see you Wednesday night. We'll be cheering on another Blues win. Let's yeah. hope so to level the series. We will break. Here's the news. We're back with more right after this. 
There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. You won't miss a thing if you're at the Wollongong Golf Club on Wednesday. Origin on the big screens. SEN's neutral call being done on site. The Saturdays in the Gong team will be here. Maddie, I played that song to lead us in because it is it Armageddon for the Blues or will Mitch Moses and co channel Bruce Willis and save the world, <laughs> save the series? What happens on Wednesday night? Before you answer that, before you answer it, Xavier Coates comes in for Queensland. Jeremiah Nanai in for the Maroons as well, along with Mo Otawaka, who's been in fantastic form. So three changes for the Queenslanders. Of course, the Blues have Latrell Mitchell on board, Mitchell Moses steering the ship in number seven, Damien Cook back at number nine, Stefano Utoikamanu there uh, off the bench, Reese Robson on debut, like Stefano, and the turmoil of having Latrell ruled out, and Stephen Crichton brought back in, one nil down, going to Suncorp. It does sound like Armageddon it for does, the Blues, doesn't it, it? It does, and when you read it out like that, for sure, but... I mean, you know what? The, the the reality is, these guys are awesome. They're they're top of the food chain. They're the greatest players that we have in rugby league. So, when when you change last minute in um, state of origin, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's going to be about how the Blues can come back uh, mentally from that. Uh, beating that they copped in game one so I just think it's more a mental game than it is a physical game when it comes to origin um, and unfortunately the Maroons have got it all over us in that space so I'm, I'm looking to see what uh, what the Blues can come up with I do like the addition of some of the some of the, I like Cook in there as a bit of a leader in that group yep. to be a bit more stable um, but it's going to be an interesting game like, the, like I said it is the top of the food chain when it comes to the talent on the field I think I lean towards the fact Reese Robson might start and Damien Cook come off the bench with his leg speed after the sting's gone out of the game. I've heard that discussed. It sounds good to me. Let's bring in a, a junior soccer coach extraordinaire who doubles as the Illawarra Mercury sports editor. <laughs> Tim Barrow, do you still believe in the Blues, Baz? Oh, living on a prayer, aren't we? Um, <laughs> i tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm probably happy that uh, Luttrell was ruled out so early. You know, you'd hate for something to happen on Monday or Tuesday or... You know, God forbid, 10 minutes into the game and New South Wales are in all sorts of problems. So uh, Crichton was very good in game one and uh, we've just got to believe now. Baz, you've got a keen eye on the prices all the time, no matter what the sport. Surely, surely by Wednesday night, New South Wales have not worked their way into favouritism. Queensland are in that uncomfortable position. They must start favourites on Wednesday night. There's nothing like a bit of reverse psychology, really, is there? I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just far for the course every year. Oh, well, New South Wales are favourites. So I'm thrilled. In that way, I think there's pressure off. I mean, you feel like Freddie's building a bit of a siege mentality. He's not that sort of guy. You know, he's a, a lovely guy who does a lot for rugby league. He's pretty open with his media sessions and, and uh, promoting the game. But, gee, it just feels like the Blues, well, you know, they've got it all to do up there. But... 
gee, maybe maybe they're just coming up with something there. They're brewing something for the Maroons because I tell you what, you'd love to come home for a decider. Yeah, just a little tighter, the Blues camp, this preparation, and for understandable reasons, a little more tense uh, with with training being shut after 10 minutes on a couple of occasions, but that that's okay. Uh, when, when I go through that list of players who have come in to the Blues, I'll, I'll just do it again. Mitch Moses, number seven. Damien Cook, number nine, off the bench. Stefano Utoikamanu, Reese Robson. Matty, you first... Uh, which new blue are you most looking forward to seeing on Wednesday? Yeah, look, Cook for me, like I said, um, okay. I just think that uh, a bit of stability in that space uh, when the game gets a bit tired, like I, he's just real, he's the master of little finding those little bit of holes around uh, around the ruck and I just think that that's what's needed in an origin game when the big guys get tired, so he's the most exciting guy for me. Baz, who are you most looking forward to watching on Wednesday? Uh, yeah, oh, look, I, I just I'm all on Mitch Moses, really, for me now. I mean, he's he's the, the the chosen one. I thought he played really well against the Bulldogs, although Pengai Junior went a bit crazy trying to shut him down and give a good shot on him and gave him plenty of space to work with. So uh, he got a few uh, a few freebies along the way against the Dogs, but um, it's all on his shoulders, really, isn't it? I mean, you know, does he does he win game two? And then, you know, what do you do if he wins wins game two? I mean, you assume he gets the shot in, in game three and then, well, it's just a different conversation about him and Nathan Cleary, isn't it? So, yeah, it's all to do for him. Well, I don't think Brad Fittler's going to have to make that decision. I think the hamstring will rule Nathan Cleary out for the series. But it will be interesting, Tim, won't it, that if, if Mitch Moses achieves the impossible in the eyes of many and salvages this series, does, it, does he have to start next year as the New South Wales number seven or do they go straight back to Nathan Cleary? Let's worry about that after this series is done. I, I can't do anything but tip the blues, so I'm going blues by one. By the skinniest of margin on Wednesday night, Maddie. What about you? I actually think it'll be more than that. I think they'll get him by double figures. I think oh it's going to be a ten point. Yeah, no, I do. I think the Blues will get up by ten. Um, in, in an arm wrestle, though, I don't think it's going to be an easy game. I think it's going to come down to the last sort of fifteen to ten to fifteen minutes of the game, and uh, um, I'm looking forward to a cracker. And it's um, you know the, the way that Maroons always get up for it. I think the Blues have to play that kind of style, um, and I just expect them to 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 really lift. So Something like 14 all after 70 minutes. Yep. Two late tries to the Blues to yep. get the job done. That, that I'd accept that. What about you, Tim? What way are you leaning? Oh, I actually really like the Blues' chances if you can just take the crowd out of it. You know, if they can get that first 20 minutes and just make it a bit of an arm wrestle, get into the contest. Uh, like you said about Damien Cook, it's an interesting one about whether they take him off the bench and try and run it some tired legs because I'm, I'm also interested to see how Cook's combination with Tedesco goes because Tedesco has had a bit of criticism there after game one and you'd expect well, well the problem I guess with Tedesco is is that he may have overplayed his hand so you know how does that combination with Cook work and um, you know I think the Blues if they can um, just their game management if they can control the contest better because really they should have won game one so you know that that's the key to them is just managing the game and uh, they've got more than enough strike to win. We're coming up to set of six time Tim Barrow, Illawarra Mercury Sports Editor, as we broadcast from the Wollongong Golf Club. But before we go to that break, I want a quick comment from you on the Dragons and the appointment of Shane Flanagan as head coach for the next three years. Yeah, I think in the end it was, uh, well, probably the right choice. I mean, he's an experienced head. Uh, he's successful. Uh, he knows how to run a successful team. Um, the question is, I guess, on 
on the ethics of the, the supplement saga and whether we can leave that behind. Um, I've read and heard so many varying opinions. It's really difficult. I mean, I don't know that you could rub him out forever. Um, and, you know, if you're willing to put that behind, which a lot of people are, I think he's the obvious answer because he, he doesn't, um, you know, he, he has had success with the Sharks and he's an experienced head who I think knows what he wants in terms of uh, club structure and, and where they're uh, going to take their recruitment. He's put his hand up. He's owned that. He's served his punishment. And I've been lucky enough to work with him in a broadcasting sense at Fox and found him to be a fantastic operator. Mm. So good luck, St. George Illawarra. Shane Flanagan on board for the next three years. They're coming last at the moment. Let's hope from the Red V perspective he can lead them up the ladder. We're going to break. But, Baz, you go and finish that warm-up with the young fellas and then come back to us because I've got a set of six waiting for you right after this. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. No better time for Joe Root to remind everybody of his enduring class. What a player he is and what a time to do it. The first test match of the Ashes, all hundreds are important and will be remembered. Those right at the start of the series with everything to play for, those are the ones he will treasure. Yeah, Joe Root helping Mm. England take honours. Day one of the Ashes, a 30th test century for Joe Root. Uh, England continuing their baseball approach, declaring late on day one the earliest Ashes declaration ever. Let's go to Illawarra Mercury Sports editor Tim Barabaz. I don't know how much Ashes you had the chance to take in last night, but that was a remarkable start by England. Yeah, I watched a session in a bit before it got the better of me, and I think I missed the best bit. But um, I tell you what, baseball, if anything, has just made more time for us. Um, what is it, 390 odd? Uh, we've got a good couple of days to go and bat. The deck is pretty placid, it's pretty flat. Um, I think the Aussies would feel like they're in a pretty comfortable spot because I was a little bit disappointed how defensive they were in the field. They were dropping. Uh, probably, and then the commentators were the same there last night, just saying that there was probably a, at least one man too deep for a, a long period of time, and they were picking a lot of singles out. So um, I don't think Australia would be too disappointed as much as uh, they turned it on. How's that under seven soccer warm up going, Tim? Have you just told them to run laps while you do this radio cross? <laughs> oh well, you know what? When you asked me to uh, to come on for the second segment, I. I turned to my wife and said, "Do you want to do the warm up this morning?" So she's on duty. She's uh, she's out she's out there uh, warming legs up and getting the passing going. Oh. Mate, I don't disagree with you on on where the Aussies sit at the moment. I'm actually pretty excited. Like, the, if they can get a good couple of days on that deck before it just starts to deteriorate, I actually think we'll be in a good position when it when it because it's going to turn really bad that that pitch. So I I'm, I'm with you on it. I reckon we're in a pretty good spot right now. Very good. And when I asked Baz well, to come you... on over two segments, he he, he pointed to the under sevens warm up and he said it's like herding cats, Baz. So <laughs> I'm glad you've managed to dodge that. I know you want to talk more rashes. We will as the show continues, but I've got to get into the 
this set of six because time is going to beat us. North Queensland go to seven and eight after last night's victory. Matt Campbell, do they make the top eight? Oh, totally. They're in for sure. Okay, Baz, into the top eight for the Cowboys as the season continues or not? Yeah, I think they're finding, and they're, they're going to be finding at the right time after origin period. So the, the problem is is whether they can have a late crack for the top four, which is probably unlikely. But, yeah, I'd back them for the eight for sure. I'm headed to Newcastle after this. Knights playing the Roosters. Now, Newcastle has scored 52 tries this year. The Roosters, 35. So there's a 17-try difference as they arrive head-to-head this afternoon. So who do you go for, Matty Kim? Nah, Roosters. Roosters will kill them. Okay. So I just think that uh, the Knights have been bleeding points, um, and uh, that's why their record suggests that they should score more. Baz, Knights, Roosters. Oh, I'm going with the Knights. Uh, the Roosters, well, not only has their form been terrible, but, you know, going into origin period, Tedesco out. Um, yeah, I think there'll be a few points in the game, but, um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the Knights might sneak this one. Okay, this evening on Fox League, Parramatta against Manly. This is the 5.30 kickoff. Uh, head-to-head in this game, Brad Arthur coaching Parramatta, Jake Arthur, halfback for Manly. Who's mowing the Arthur lawns tomorrow? Baz? Oh, I think uh, Brad better put his hat on because um, I'm going to back Jake Arthur tonight. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I just look through the two teams and I just have this feeling that Manly is still maybe a little bit better balanced rather than Parramatta with um, with Moses out. So, I mean, the pack's still pretty good, but um, yeah, I, th- I think Manly are a really good chance tonight. Yeah, I'm with Manly as well. Okay, well, then tonight, Tigers against... The storm at Campbelltown. Now, the Tigers, the poor things, have lost five straight against Melbourne. They've also lost seven straight against all comers at Campbelltown. So which Tiger really needs to stand up to try and counter all that statistical hurdles that are in front of the Matty Campbell? All of them. <laughs> I reckon they've got, they got no hope. So Okay. Um, well, Baz, would you like to put the heat on any particular Tiger tonight? Oh, I just want to see how Brandon Wakem plays. You know, he's a bit of a cast-off at the Bulldogs and, um, you know, he's sort of been a bit of a, a nearly kind of player and uh, this is his chance to step up without a couple of their big guns, um, obviously without Brooks and Coruscant. You know what I'm looking forward to, Matty and Tim? I'm looking forward to the captain of the Tigers, Johnny Bateman, mm. going over to the referee, Ziggy Pushaklasa Adamski, and trying to get his point across. Because I don't reckon Ziggy will understand a word <laughs> that John has to say. If he tries to get an explanation for a ruling, I'm really looking forward to that discussion. I'll you can see it that. on yes. Fox League. Now, Sharks 5'8", Matty Moylan, great fella, long career in the NRL, but last week against Melbourne, he missed 10 tackles in that Sharks capitulation. Over or under 10 missed tackles for Matty when Cronulla play Canterbury at Points Bet Stadium oh, tomorrow. Under. Uh, surely he's embarrassed, so yeah. I say under. Too good a player to have that happen again. Baz, yeah. what about you? Oh, what was doing with the Sharks? I'm, I, I was uh, a bit embarrassed about my comments last week. I stumped up for them against the Storm. So mm. I, I have no idea what's going to happen in this game. The, the, the Sharks could just get angry and put a heap on the dogs. But, uh, gee, they're, they're in uh, a bit of trouble, if not the Sharks. Don't worry, Baz. We don't hold anyone to account for their comments on Saturday in the gong <laughs> because there are plenty of wrong ones made. <laughs> F- final question. What's the bigger ask? Listen carefully. What is the bigger ask? Moses parting the Red Sea for the Israelites or Moses parting the Maroon Sea for Blatchy's Blues? Mm, God. 
Oh, I'll go first. I reckon Mitch go. Moses has a bigger ask. I yeah. reckon Moses parting the Red Sea was easier. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> it's, it's actually you bat the Blues to win. I know, but it's uh, you know to put so much pressure on one player. I think it's the rest of the group that need to really stand up. Okay, Tim, who had it easier, Moses, biblical type, or Moses of the Parramatta type? Yeah, I think Mitch needs some divine intervention. So uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm going to say Mitch Moses has got the tougher task, but gee, it's going to be sweet when we uh, when we do it up there. Oh, we've just lost Baz there. That warm up must have got the better of him, and uh, he's had to parachute into the under sevens and take control of things. But he was going to go with Mitch Moses having the toughest task mm-hmm. on Wednesday night. It's it's a big assignment, it is isn't a big it? Ask. But the Blues, they can get it done, and we'll be here at Wollongong Golf Club on Wednesday to celebrate a great sporting night. We're going to break and come back with more Saturdays in the Gong. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Ah, shoot the thrill means we've got to talk some hoops with Hawks Championship winner Matt Campbell. Were you a Nugget or a Heat during the NBA Finals? Oh, Nuggets, definitely, yeah. Denver, Denver for me, deserved it. Never won a championship before. Um, you know, a smaller market. Uh, Miami, for the listeners, Miami's one of the biggest markets in the U.S. for basketball. L.A., New York, Miami, three biggest markets. So, And, and you were talking to the manager of Finals MVP, the Bill Russell Award winner, Nikola Jokic, during the week. Yeah, he spoke to uh, Jokic's um, agent. Um, so, yeah, fantastic to be able to talk to him and get an insight into what it is to be an agent for a superstar like that um, winning a championship. We're going to delve down into that as the show continues in the second hour. Time for the news soon, but after the break, we're going to tell you how Elton John's tiny dancer relates in some small way to the US Open, plus the top of the table games in Illawarra and Group 7 Rugby League to look forward to, and more on Matt Campbell's basketball. Back next. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. And it's another glorious Saturday at the fantastic Wollongong Golf Club. Our hosts each and every week, they do a magnificent job. We are here thanks to Wollongong City Motors, Impact Garage Doors and the Illawarra Mercury. Matt Russell alongside Matt Campbell. How have you been hitting him this week? Did you play on Wednesday, I Matty? played on Wednesday. I had 37, so I actually hit him pretty well. So okay. I was pretty happy with my okay. uh, Wednesday golf game. And the course is magnificent. So. More burgling from Campbell during the week. I want to play another Elton John song. Then I'll tell you how it relates to our next chat topic. Off your take. Go, Elton.
answer, Matthew. Why are we playing that song? Well, I let don't me know. explain. <laughs> Seriously. The lyrics were written by Bernie Tortman, who, of course, worked so uh, hand in glove with Elton John. The song was first featured on Elton's 1971 album, Madman Across the Water. And the song's lyrics were inspired by Tortman's first visit to the US in 1970 and were intended to capture the spirit of California. That, that song was meant to capture the spirit of California, which is hosting the US Open and, of course, the Los Angeles Country Club. So in a roundabout way, that's how we've got to Tiny Dancer this Saturday morning. Aaron Keevers is the Wollongong Golf Club manager presiding over this fantastic course. Aaron, uh, you must be proud of the way it looks at the moment. Did you know that Tiny Dancer was written about California? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, thanks for bringing that up. There you go. This Los Angeles Country Club, it must be playing fairly well given some of the scores, especially the first round, a couple of eight-unders. Yeah, coming into the tournament, there was a lot of chat um, social media and from all the um, commentators about how hard the week was going to be and the USGA were trying to find the hardest test for the world's best at their world's best is showing that they can shoot under par and they've gone quite low with um, you know, Ricky yesterday shooting eight under and you know, where they're going to end up today, they're already double digits, so it's looking really good. Yeah, tearing that course apart. So, and we, we just looked at the prize money. So the prize money, 20 million US. I mean, like, that's crazy. I mean, no, I know Liv's really turned the money scales upside down, but to think of it as a prize pool that much, it's, uh, I mean, it's more about the prestige of winning it, but, geez, the money's starting to get crazy in yeah, golf at the moment. That's It's gone up quite a lot now. It, you know, I can't believe it used to be a you know, $2 million prize pool for mm. some of the PGA Tour events, and now look where they're at. Yeah. So the other thing, from my point of view, the length of the course is, what, what's it, 6,890 metres. So what, from Wollongong's point of view, what, what's where's the equivalent? Where do we sit so in the scale of length? It sits at 5,500 metres. Right. So we've definitely a shorter course. Um, they used to have a bit of a saying that a championship course would be 6,000 metres plus. Right. So not many courses you find now um, play more than 6,000 metres. All right, there you go. And, and this, is, this is nearly 7,000 metres. Yes. So have, have you... Have you had the opportunity, the privilege to play many courses around the world, Aaron, or is this so good here you just like to play well, here? Yeah, well, you can't beat Wollongong now, but um, had a, haven't had a chance to play a few in New Zealand, where they've been quite spectacular, and okay. some in South Africa, which has been awesome. So, apart, put Wollongong aside, what's the best course you've played in your travels? I've got a chance to play the Hills in New Zealand. Okay. Michael Hills Golf Course. So, it's only 50 members, and it's very exclusive, wow. and um, like couldn't get on there being a golf pro, but I got on there because one of my best mates was uh, marrying someone who had an affiliate in the clubhouse. Okay. So I we weaseled my way on there in 2019. Beautiful. It was unbelievable. And whereabouts in New Zealand is the hills? Um, that was in... Um, Okay, okay. Yeah, Wonderful. It's a fantastic country, New Zealand. Mm. Great golf courses, fantastic food, uh, ski fields. It's almost as good as Wollongong. Almost, yeah. almost as good as Wollongong. Now, as you look at that leaderboard, Aaron, um, a long, long way to go in this tournament. We're not even through the second round yet, but nice to see a couple of Aussies uh, well-placed there. Yeah, you've got Minwoo, WA, going pretty well, and he's starting to be created a bit of a scene over there. He's, he's getting called the cool kid, and he's... Um, it's hard not to watch. Yeah, well, we, we get to know a lot, obviously, about Cam Smith. He's quite prominent. Plenty of uh, media around Cam. But you're right, Minwoo Lee, we, we probably don't know as much about him as some of the other golfers. What, what can you tell us about him? What's interesting about, about him? So he's, he's only a very slim sort of young fella, and he hits, he's one of the longest out there. And he's, he's got a bit of reputation for a stinger, so which is a very low ball flight uh, that penetrates the wind, and he seems to be 
played over in Europe at Europe Tour, um, and that's maybe where he's found his golf skills, and he's now starting to show them on the on the US Tour. You famous for your stinger, Matty? No, Every no, Wednesday? I'm the opposite. <laughs> I, I sky the absolute hell out of the ball. But I do play with a guy that hits it like that. Nice trajectory where it sort of just keeps, keeps climbing and climbing and then stops and drops, where mine just goes straight up in the air. <laughs> when you're playing on a links course, it's not the best way to play because uh, you're, you're definitely at the at the whim of the of the gods when it comes to the wins. We speak with Aaron Keevers, the Wollongong Golf Club manager. Aaron, on top, uh, Ricky Fowler. Uh, he's got a nice... Uh, score going in the second round two under for this round he's 10 under for the tournament as you look through that leaderboard there the top 15 or so who, who would you be picking at this stage roughly to as uh, some of the the picks look at rory well placed there as well yeah look i'm excited to see rory up there and he's i think he's got some golf to be played his mind's been elsewhere lately but it's gonna <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a great time weekend of golf and look dustin johnson there there's some big names there hanging around and also some some names that are going to be up there come the weekend. You know, that Wyndham Clark's, you know, having a great tournament so far. And Harris English, great round today. So there's plenty of golf. Who's the young kid that's, uh, that's on the, um, the young American that's doing really well? Who's, uh, I saw him yesterday was doing okay. Um, I mean, Sam Bennett. Sam Bennett, yeah. So he's, he's confident too. He's really. How old conference. is he? He's in a share I'm of eight at the sure moment. how old he is, but he's really comfortable in US Open conditions and, they said, do you feel nervous? And he says, why should I? So he's, mm. he's got some confidence. Yeah, right. Could be around on the weekend. Well, he's finished the second round at two under to make him five under for the tournament. Bennett, Ricky Fowler leading. Lee and Smith prominently placed Aussies. Uh, Aaron, what's been your reaction to the big news regarding Live Golf and PGA coming back together? Didn't that cause a stir from an outsider looking in? You're thinking to yourself, the blokes who took the money, the Saudi money, and now have been why returned to the tour... It? You know, the blokes who didn't, uh, they're thinking, wow, I turned down anything up to $100 million to stay loyal to the PGA Tour. All this other mob, they've had their cake and they're eating it too. Yeah, there's going to be some, some um, golfers that are quite upset with all that and there's going to be some controversy, I'm sure, that still unfolds over the upcoming months. But mm. I think it's good for the game to have a world uh, tour that's not separated with money and different leagues. So it's going to be great to see everyone play on the same stage again. Um, and, yeah, it's a shame that the guys couldn't take their, their little paychecks. <laughs> well, reading one of my former colleagues' work, Luke Elvey, used to work at Fox Sports, now works as a commentator. He believes that this move will see more major tournaments, not not the majors, but more big tournaments taken around the world, including uh, to Australia. Do you, do you agree with that? I do agree with that because it's it, the one the good thing live I seen was that it had a chance to come to Australia, which was awesome, and it created a great big hype, and now... Our local golfers got a chance to go and, and see that event, and it was a fantastic event, so I hope we can get more in Australia. Well, Matt Campbell's starting a petition to bring an event to Wollongong Golf Course. Maybe the course isn't quite long enough. It's good enough, but you want to bring it here, don't you? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, last year when we had that little that little event um, and brought some of the pros in, it was just good to see and good to get a bit of vibe around the course. Mm. Um, but it's it's like anything in sport when you when you're out there playing as a hack or as an amateur, then you go out and you see a pro play. Um, you just the changes the way you think <laughs> when it comes to watching it. And then when you when you see that they can't make these tours and and watch what the the real guys are doing, it's quite extraordinary to see the level changes um, and how good these guys really are. Time honoured Wollongong Golf Course. What 1896? Do we go back? 18, have I got the dates right there? 1897. 1897, I was out by a year, mm. close. Mm. But uh, we've had big tournaments here in the past, and no doubt the, the club, Aaron, is always in the market to bring more events down here. Definitely.
And let's hope that that happens down the track. So as we head towards our break, Ricky Fowler still in front. So he's a shot clear of a host of Americans and the Aussies. Well placed. Aaron, great to chat. Are you holding a golf course? club because you're going to play or because you're giving it to Matt Campbell, my co-host here. Yeah, we're going to work on his stinger. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do that. Good on you, Aaron. Have a great day, mate, on a glorious day in Wollongong with the course a picture. We're back right after this. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. A little stumble and there is no whistle. And Argentina will continue. It's Leo Messi. Oh! That's why he's the best player in the world. And that's what the fans came to see tonight. And it's happened inside the opening two minutes. Yes, at that rate, it was going to be 45 nil mm-hmm. Argentina over the Socceroos because Lionel Messi scored in the second minute. That's our big impact moment of the week, thanks to big impact garage doors. Who else but Lionel Messi? Let's bring in the Illawarra Mercury's Jordan Warren, a football writer extraordinaire. Jordan, what did you make of Lionel Messi, the Argentinians, and most of all, the Socceroos' performance against them? Yeah, morning, boys. Yeah, it was a sensational strike from Lionel Messi. And to be fair to the Socceroos, they lost 2-0 in the end, but they didn't do much wrong the whole game, but they did do something wrong in the first 60 or 120 seconds. So, And that's all Lionel Messi needs to strike, and he just showed his quality even at 35 years of age and on the verge of signing in the US for into Miami from his club PSG. So, yeah, but in general, I thought the Socceroos' performance was quite good, and I thought that they were actually on top of the world champions for large parts of that first half. I must admit... The second half got the better of me. I got I went to bed about the 75th minute as I had work the next day, but um, I, I did watch Argentina score their second goal. But um, they played quite well, the Socceroos. I was a bit disappointed to see um, Joel King. Of course, Shell Harbour's Joel King not getting any minutes again. Of course, he didn't get any minutes at the World Cup, but he's still in the squad, so that's a positive. And obviously, Coach Graham Arnold rates him quite highly. But yeah, I thought overall that the Socceroos did quite well, and it's important to note that you know, in, in my generation or my time of watching the Socceroos, I, I've seen them, you know, lose to the powerhouses like France and Brazil 6-0 in, in, in games about 10 years ago. And even at the 2010 World Cup in, in uh, South Africa, they lost 4-0 to Germany. So 2-0 against the world champions isn't necessarily a bad result, you feel. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I, the, the, the reality was too, like I thought the Aussies were a little bit cocky going into it when they were talking about how, uh, you know, they've got this plan for Messi and all those kind of bits and pieces. I'm, the biggest thing for me when you're as, as a professional athlete, never given an excuse to wake up a sleeping giant. So, And <laughs> yeah. I just think that, you know, coming out in the, in the media and saying stuff like that, whether it was beat up or not, but um, I, I think obviously didn't help them. I thought they, they were playing a good style and I think that's going to lead into, you know, them being successful moving forward. And Jordan, do we know who got Lionel Messi's uh, playing strip, if anyone. We saw a few Socceroos uh, very confident going over, tapping him on the back and saying, you know, can I have your jersey? And he just ignored them, walked away. What happened to that famous Lionel Messi jersey at the end of the game? Oh, it, it would have been the, the value or the potential value of a number of players. It was definitely the case at the World Cup. I know that Jason Cummings at the World Cup wanted it. I don't know that Azzy Spage wanted it as well. I'm not not sure what happened to it the other night uh, in the friendly game, but um, I'm sure that it'll come out in the next few days who actually got it. But I'm sure there would have been a few bits of cups in the Socceroos dressing sheds after the game to get to get Leo's jersey, I'm sure. 
Could that have possibly been his last game for Argentina? It sounds strange, doesn't it? But he's bound for Miami, I imagine, on big dollars. What's the future hold for Lionel Messi in, in the US and for Argentina? And on what money at Miami? Yeah, oh, he's on he's on multi-millions and potentially billions at, at Miami. He's got a number of clauses in his contract. Um, there's the initial contract for him to actually play, but then he's you know got all these clauses in there that, that about you know he's gonna when he retires he can um, potentially own shares of the club. He can own shares of the Apple TV uh, uh, subscriptions when in the MLS when they um, when his when his career finishes and um, yeah something ridiculous you know in that contract. But um, yeah, in terms of his Argentina career, I don't think it's all done yet. The Argentina do have another game. Uh, against uh, Indonesia in a few days, uh, he's not th- not going to be a part of that because he needs to take a break for for the off season and get prepared for the MLS, um, which of course is not starting w- when the European uh, season starts. But of course, he's entitled to a holiday after a long European season and the World Cup win uh, in December and January, so or November December, I should say. But um, yeah, uh, I guess like I think with Argentina, I think with Lionel Messi in his Argentina career, he, he's got a few years left to go. He, he confirmed a, few, a couple of days ago that he, that he wouldn't. He potentially wouldn't be, or he most likely, I should say, wouldn't be at the next World Cup in 2026, especially after the high of 2022. You'd think that he'd probably want to finish on that high. It was so long for Argentina and, and Messi to get that elusive World Cup trophy. So I think that he's all done and dusted in terms of the World Cup for Argentina. But I don't think you're ready to call it, or he'd be ready to call it a day for, for the national team in the next couple of years. I think he'll definitely try and help them qualify for the World Cup. But yeah, it just I think it all depends on on how he goes at into Miami in terms of his in terms of his standard. You wouldn't think it would drop that much, but when you're going from the European League, the Champions League and, and the World Cup to, to the MLS, obviously the quality's a little bit uh, down on that. So it'll just be all, all based on performance. But uh, yeah, I think Lionel Messi's earned the right to, to tell Argent- the Argentinian team when he wants to retire. And the Socceroos, as they head towards next year's Asia Cup, what, they've got a date with England later in the year, Jordan? Yeah, that should be a bumper clash. That's in October, I'm pretty sure, Matty. Um, we saw that the, the girls played against England and beat them a couple of months ago, 2-0. So hopefully the Socceroos can do the same. But that'll just be, be phenomenal. Obviously, we saw in the early 2000s the famous Socceroos victory 3-1 over, over England at, uh, in England uh, back then. So uh, well, you wonder if the Socceroos can pull it off again. But yeah, there's a number of, uh, of players playing for the, our national team at the moment that... Uh, of course, are playing in England. We saw Harry Sutar in the Premier League this year for Leicester. Unfortunately, they got relegated, so he's back to the Championship, as well as Riley McGrease had a sensational season in England, and there's a number of others playing in the UK. So uh, it'll be pretty close to home for a number of those players, and, uh, yeah, it'll be an incredibly uh, challenging uh, game for them, in in truth, like coming up against your Harry Canes and your Phil Fodens and, and players like that. It'll be a, a great contest, but I think it'll be one that'll be sensational to watch for the for the Australian football fans because, of course, if you don't support the A-League in Australia, you, you're more than likely support the English Premier League. So you get to see a number of your, your English Premier League heroes up against the Socceroos. So it should be a, a phenomenal contest and a, a good build-up for, for Graham Arnold's side for, for the Asian Cup uh, early next year. And I remember when the Socceroos beat England in the early 2000s, as you referred to, Jordan, there was one of the great banners in a sporting crowd. It was when Australia had beaten England in the cricket and a range of sports. We were playing them in football or soccer and someone was holding a banner in the crowd saying, if we beat you at this, you suck at everything. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, the Socceroos did win. And it was just a great little knife into the ribs of the Poms at the time. Did, did Matt Campbell ever play with any banners in the stands written about you apart from, oh, I love Matty Campbell? <laughs> yeah, was there anything just, particularly just, clever? No, no, no. But Glenn Savile definitely did. So there was a lot, few battered Sav and bits oh, yeah. and pieces, uh, yeah. signages in the, in the crowd. Okay. But I never engaged. 
engaged. Uh, like that was the biggest thing for me. Never, never give him an opportunity to engage the into the feds. Yeah. The robot, exactly. M. Campbell, just draining threes, Straight not face. buying into the, yeah. not buying into the crowd. Hey, Jordan, uh, when it comes to uh, the Matildas, they play France next month. Actually, less than a month now, uh, uh, July fourteen. That's a send off to the World Cup that starts July twenty. So it is coming very, very quickly. The Women's World Cup. We'll talk more with you about that in coming weeks because that's going to be a huge event. But if we jump to the Wolves, uh, they're not home until June thirty. A couple of games on the road between then. Where are they tonight, and in what sort of form are they? The Wollongong Wolves. Yeah, David Carney's Wolves are up against Western Sydney Wanderers away uh, at Wanderers Football Park tonight on the synthetic ground. They're in decent form, Matty. They've had really good home form. They've kept six consecutive clean sheets at home and they've actually been undefeated in those six games at home as well, obviously. And um, But their away form has been something that's been questionable. There's been a number of games this season where they were about to win away from home, but then they've, they've lost it in the last few minutes. There was a 5-4 game against... NWS Spirit, there was a 5-3 game against St George. They lost in the last second against Sydney FC 2-1. So I spoke to David Carney yesterday and he was keen to turn that away from around. And with them sitting 10th on the table at the moment, obviously there's no finals in the NPL this season, but there is the first past the post and there is relegation. And the Wanderers are sitting in 15th, which is the, uh, the relegation playoff zone. So the Wanderers will be fighting for their lives tonight. So it's not going to be an easy game for, for the Wolves. They did beat them 1-0 in the first part of the season thanks to a Jake True goal. But uh, it's going to be hard-pressed for the Wolves tonight. Uh, David was telling me yesterday that he's got a few injury and illness worries. He's got Captain Lachlan Scott with the flu. He's had Walter Scott being sick, but he seems to have recovered. And then you've got vice-captain and defender Anrai Kanazumi with a hamstring complaint, as well as Takumi Afuka with a, t- a broken toe. So there's a few injury levels. And we know with the Wolves this year, and, and David's been the first to admit it, that the squad depth is something that's, that's hindered them this season. So it will be tested tonight. Uh, but if the Wolves can win tonight, they're, they're sitting 10th at the ladder, but it's a very congested mid part of that table. So you get a win, you get a couple of wins, you, you see yourself uh, closer to that top five. But uh, yeah, it'll be an incredibly tough game against a, a Wanderer side that are fighting for their lives. I was having a look at the ladder this week, and you're spot on. It's uh, There's opportunity there for the Wolves. They just need to string a, a winning month together or a, a month where they pick up points regularly and they can rapidly climb that ladder. And what a joy for the Wolves. You go from Luke Wilkshire, Socceroos great, into David Carney, Socceroos great as your head coach. So uh, Tory Lavelle and everyone overseeing the Wolves, that, that, that is, you know, don't understate what it's like to have Socceroos coming back and giving back to the sport. Oh, royalties too in the, in the game too. And uh, I think that we, we don't understand how, um, you know, how, how lucky we are in the Illawarra to have guys like this that are on the world, in the world game, um, at a level where when they go overseas, people like know who they are. They can walk around Wollongong and they can go get a coffee at absolutely, you know, and and no one actually say anything to them. So yeah, we're really lucky in our region. We are broadcasting from the Wollongong Golf Club and speaking with the Illawarra Mercury's Jordan Warren. I won't say the Illawarra Mercury's finest because Mitch Jennings and Tim Barrow they're in a dead heat finish with <laughs> with Jordan and a few others. I, I must add, proudly sponsored by the Jamboree Pub too, Jordan. So if you're on a, on the road trip this weekend, head down to the Jamboree Pub, Jordan. We need to finish with a chat about the Illawarra Premier League that continues to bubble along. Uh, what games are on this weekend that we should know about? Yeah, well, the IPL's back, up, back after a wet weather weekend last week. There was a, a dedicated wet weather weekend with washout games being played. So we're back in a full contingent today. We've got Tarawana against Wollongong United. We've got Full Eye against Coniston. Of course, that game's quite intriguing. Uh, both teams are 
fighting for finals. They both think they should be in finals at the start of the season. Before a ball was kicked, they would have thought they should be there, but they're, they're sitting outside the top five at the moment, so both teams need a win today. We've got Alambia against Port Kendler. Of course, the Rosies are, are struggling still without a win at the bottom of the table. And then we've got Albion Park White Eagles up against Coromel, and Albion Park suffered their first loss of the of the season a couple of weeks ago against their rival South Coast, but they're still sitting pretty at, at the top of the table with, with an eight-point gap. So they'll be hungry, I, I dare say, against the Rangers today to get a victory. And then at Helensburg, we've got Helensburg against Wollongong Olympic. It's an intriguing clash up there too, up north. Uh, Brad Watts used to be in a Helensburg legend. He signed for Olympic about a month ago, so he's coming up against his former side not long after signing for the Guns in Olympic. And then on Sunday, we've got Cringilla up against South Coast United. Cringilla flying high. They've beaten Wollongong United and Wollongong Olympic in consecutive weeks. So they're sitting second and have still only lost for one game so far this season. But yeah, we're approaching the well and truly approaching an into the second half of the IPL season. And Abbey and Park, like I said before, sitting pretty. You've got Cringilla up there. You've got Wollongong United, Olympic. Uh, you've even got Port Kembler up there as well that are uh, fighting fit, uh, getting some results that they, you know, teams probably didn't expect. So they're in the top five. So, yeah, it's uh, a little bit to go in the season, but we're definitely approaching the pointy end. And are you looking forward to the big event of the week? Wednesday night, Wollongong Golf Club. Jordan, you'll be here. Blues, Maroons. Can you see the Blues causing an upset when you come down to enjoy all the hospitality at Wollongong Golf Club from 6 o'clock Wednesday? Yeah, it should be a great night, Matty. Uh, I can see a Blues win. I've, I've seen it before. Obviously, being a Blues fan my whole life, I've you know used to the <laughs> to the expected of Queensland getting the victory. But I think I was listening to Baz speak before uh, Tim Barra, the sports editor at the Mercury. He was sort of saying that the the Blues just need to negate, negotiate that crowd in that first twenty to thirty minutes. And I was, that was in my thoughts exactly. I, I thought that uh, I think that if the Blues can can take that out of the equation, albeit a very tough task at Suncorp uh, uh, in a full house, but uh, I think if they can negotiate that crowd and, and perhaps get a couple of points on the board or, or keep Queensland from scoring, I think that plays in the Blues' favour. But I think that definitely, yeah, the Blues can get the job done. They showed in Game 1 that, that they nearly could do it, but uh, I think in Game 2, yeah, we can definitely do it. It's just a matter of if we can actually implement the strategies on the field. Keep the faith, Jordan. Keep the faith. We'll see you Wednesday. Thanks for your football wrap-up this morning. Mate, have a great weekend. Cheers, boys. Jordan Warren joining us as he does each week on Saturdays in the gong. And just back to the Premier League ladder, Matty. Albion Park White Eagles, 11 wins. They're top of the table. Mm. Wollongong United, eight wins in a, in a group surrounded by... Cringilla and Wollongong Olympic. So there's your top four. Behind that, there's a host of teams with six wins, hoping to stage a big back end of the season. Port Kembla, Bulleye, Coniston. It's a fantastic competition. Quality's really high. There's good money on offer for players uh, who, who have ability. So it's long been a strength of this region's sporting landscape. Yeah, totally. And you're right. It's, it's so close at the moment. It's a couple of wins away from sneaking into that uh, top four position. And uh, it's just great that, you know, with all the turmoil we've had over the last few years, it's good to see a full round of, of, of being able to play football all the way Regularly, through. Regularly, yeah. yeah. And, you know, all, the, all that hard work of all the younger kids and uh, and guys that have gone through that uh, two-year period where we, we had wet weather and we had COVID um, is now coming out and we're seeing some really good football has uh, come to the to the table. I'm looking forward to hearing about your chat with Nikola Jokic's manager this week, a real insight into the NBA and maybe getting a bit of intel on who's coming to the Hawks with a couple of positions yet to fill. That's after the news which is up now on Saturdays in the Gong. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. The seconds will tick down. Dunkley 
with the yellow Sharon in hand and a necessary win this for the Brisbane Lions. It's a box they needed to tick and they have. 16 point win. Yeah, they did. 13-19-97. The Lions over Sydney, 12-9-81. The Swans led at half-time, Matty. They needed to win that to, mm. to, to climb the ladder. They're not where they want to be at the moment, the Swans. But Brisbane got the job done. Lockie Neal, Zach Bailey, big for the Lions. That came after, on Thursday night, Port also coming from behind to beat Geelong, as expected, 110-72. On the local front, when it comes to South Coast AFL, we've got a big top-of-the-table clash this afternoon. Ten past two, Fig Tree Oval. Uh, the Figgy Roos against the Wollongong Bulldogs. Have a listen to this. The Bulldogs unbeaten 8-0. Fig Tree 7-1. Top two teams, head-to-head, Fig Tree 2-10. Wow. Get what there and enjoy it. Sounds like it's going to be a great afternoon. And you know what? These AFL's really starting to take off in our region, which is great because it's one of my favourite sports. And, uh, you know, it's great to see that the, uh, the AFL from the, the larger scale, the overarching coming down into the regional areas and, and pushing for... Because I'm, I'm a person for every opportunity. So um, I encourage all of my kids to, to make sure that they um, try yep. all different sports and, and give everything a go. And I'm, I'm glad to see AFL actually branch down into a very, very strong uh league area in, in Wollongong and the Illawarra. Um, but, I mean, you know, there's, there's room for all sports. And uh... Well, there's a six-team comp here. In a rugby league heartland, there's a six-team uh, AFL comp. But guess how many teams in the local rugby league comp? Six. Wow. So six Illawarra, the Mojo Cup, six mm. teams. And in the South Coast AFL, six teams. That says it all, doesn't it? Kiama against Northern Districts also this afternoon. Wollongong Lions against Shell Harbour. But the match of the round, Fig Tree against the Wollongong Bulldogs, 2-10 Fig Tree Oval. Should be a big crowd because this weather yeah. brings out the best. Last week at Cogra for the NRL Dragons playing South Sydney, they had to shut the gates. 17,500 there. And I reckon there'll be a big crowd for the Knights against the Roosters. The Hunter, they love their footy. Doesn't matter where the Knights are, they turn out. And on a sunny Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock, you might need to shut the gates at McDonald Jones Stadium. Well, yeah, I reckon too. And, and you know what? It, it's... Um they're actually playing pretty good football. Like they're, they they're right there on the cusp of, of, of making it. Just a little bit of discipline, I think. They're just a little bit lacking. But um, I really like what the Knights are trying to do. I just don't think they're quite there yet. There's been five games the Knights have hit the 70-minute mark and been a chance to win it in the last 10. Mm. Like, been within two points or in the lead or within a converted try, and they haven't won any of them. Mm. So if you add two or three wins to their tally, you're right. They're playing pretty good footy. They just need to have that killer punch in the last 10 minutes. Now, a bit of super rugby. Last night, you wouldn't believe this was to make the final. This is a this is a semi-final. Crusaders 52, Blues 15. Blown off the park, the Blues. Crusaders into the decider against either the Chiefs or the Brumbies tonight at 5.05 Eastern. That's at Waikato. So uh, 7 o'clock kickoff in New Zealand, 5 o'clock here. Uh, Brumbies, they're a chance. They've had to cross the ditch. Last week, the Brumbies beat the Hurricanes in Canberra, 37-33. Here's the thing. The night before, to fit, to mark Jared Croker's milestone, there was 22,000 there for the Rugby League. There were 8,000 there mm. for the Super Rugby. You go back 10, 20 years, those figures would have been reversed. Totally. And it sort of sums up the slide of one sport and the the way another is really firing at the moment in, in the NRL. So can the Brumbies make the final against the Crusaders? You'll see it tonight. 
Uh, in terms of local rugby, Tech Tars against Uni today. Camden against Avondale. Shoalhaven at home to Shamrocks. Barrel against Campbelltown. So all three o'clock kickoff. You'll see games at Tech Tars, Saunders Park, Camden, Shoalhaven and Barrel. Shoalhaven, Matty, they've played seven. They've won seven. They've picked up bonus points in all seven. Their differential is plus 357. Wow. You reckon there's a clear favourite in <laughs> Illawarra Rugby Union? It's Shoalhaven, long a heavyweight of this competition. Played 7 one seven, bonus points in every one, and a plus differential approaching 400. Uh, Avondale are 6-1. and one. They're running second. Uh, Kiama, 5-2. and two. Tech Tars, 4-3. Uni, 0-7. Oh wow. So the students need to get their heads mm. out of the books and onto the footy field. And no Vikings, sadly. They couldn't yeah. get a first-grade team together. So, you know, that's a bit of a, a worry. We spoke to Illawarra Rugby at the start of the season. They were trying to get Vikings up and going, but couldn't. Anyway, there's a little bit of local sport. We'll come back with local rugby league in a moment. But before that, Nikola Jokic... Uh, a star of the NBA Finals. He was the Bill Russell Awards recipient for Player of the Finals. What's his manager like to deal with? Yeah, it's interesting when, you, um, when, you, when you're trying to recruit. So for the listeners that obviously um, uh, head up the basketball department for the Illawarra Hawks, and part of my role is making sure that we try and get, attract the best talent. Um, and, yeah, I'm talking with these agents. And you kind of don't realise when, when they're texting, uh, asking, like, if, what opportunities have we got available? Like, you know, what spot do we need? Um, and then you do a bit of research into them. Then all of a sudden you find out that they've got Jokic on their books um, and just won a championship. And you're kind of talking to them. You're like, well, it's a little bit surreal. And I actually asked the question. I'm like, how does it feel to be an agent of a player who's so instrumental in winning a championship? Um, that must be a great buzz. I mean, these guys got a lot of players. The agency is a massive agency in the US. But still, as an agent, you must have some sort of satisfaction. This is a question I posed to him. Mm. And he did respond with that. He's like, yeah, he, he goes, it's a little bit of pinch yourself moment when you're sitting there and your player is dominating the NBA finals and and that you're responsible for putting that player at that club and, you know, the management from it after it, once they've thanked all the players, once they've done all the bits and pieces, come over to the agent and go, thanks for, you know, allowing us to have this player here for so long. And, I mean, sure, they get rewarded a, a, a pretty penny for doing it, but, yeah, it's some side of the sport that you don't really see. The, the little hard-working guys behind the scenes to make sure that the players are happy and, um, you know, that the, the right situation's there for that. And, um, and and you're actually finding that agents now actually really think about it. When mm. I'm talking to the agent, and he's got a really good player that I like, yeah. um, he's just sort of bouncing out of the NBA... It's about putting that player in the best opportunity for the player to succeed and for the team to win, which has um, sort of changed a little bit. It used to be just about chasing the biggest dollar. Now it's about making sure you maximise maximize their career longevity, yep. um, give them an opportunity to be in a situation where, where they're happy. Um, so especially when you're talking about Australian basketball, we're talking about guys in the NBA who are getting minimal minutes down the end of the bench, You know, maybe going up and down from the second division in the NBA. Uh, who come to us and become superstars. Yeah. So giving them an opportunity to utilise their skill set um, and play 30-plus minutes, get the points that Jokic gets at the NBA level for an Australian team and really be the focus of of a team. And, um, you know, that's the selling point for me when I'm trying to sell Because you, who you we can't are. sell cash, can you? Because no. there's bigger money on offer, obviously in the US, but definitely around the world, Asia, big European leagues. But, but you can offer reliability. Yep. Great um, competition, 
sure. fantastic part of the world to live. Yep. Do you just go straight to that? Do you just yep. say, look, mate, if you're after dollars, go elsewhere. Yep. But if you're after opportunity, lifestyle, uh, maybe a ticket back to the NBA, come to us. Yeah, it's, you hit it on the head. Like, that's exactly what I sell. First thing I send to them is who we are as a club. Yep. We got the flyover of the Illawarra. We got the, you know, the bridge, Seacliff Bridge. Yep. Showcase of all that. We show where Wynn Stadium, which sits right on the water here in Wollongong. Yep. They're the things I lead with. Then I lead into, yeah, we don't have the money. If he wants money, go to uh, China, go to Japan, play in those leagues that aren't as good quality. Um, you're really playing two-on-two two when you get over there against the imports. It's, a, it's about trying to sell that, you know, give him an opportunity to showcase his skill set, get his confidence back up, hopefully build a profile that can lead into a European team, mm. um, which which do pay more than us, um, and, and, and adjust a good basketball quality, or get his opportunity to go back to the States and, and make the NBA. So it is a really interesting one, and um, it, it's a bit of a chess game you know, because you're trying to get him at the exact right time. Yeah. And the reality is the guy's going to make commission out of this guy that, you know, he, he makes probably five or six million out of Jokic. Yes. And he's going to make probably 10 to 15 grand out of the commission on yeah. his player. Yeah. So does he really care that much about this guy? He like keeps that in his ashtray, right? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit like real estate, right? Yeah. You've got a $3 million house over here or you've got the, the $500,000 yeah. house in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Are you really going to put the same effort into selling both? That's the question. But, you know, it, it's a bit of a game and, and um, hopefully we can land a, a superstar. So do you are you the one who has to give here and do all your phone calls and negotiating at 3 a.m. in yeah. U.S. time? Yeah, or, it's or, tough. Yeah. But, so you're up at all hours. And, and further to that, I've watched Air and I know that there is a stereotype of, you know, American sports agents that was portrayed in that that movie about Michael Jordan and signing with Nike and his famous agent. Uh, are, are they all like that? Oh, not all of them are like that. The, the beauty about the top tier is that they don't have to be like that. But yep. the next tier guy, 100% like that. So okay. two days ago, speaking to an agent who'd just come from the NBA finals, was just walking out of the bar at 1.30 in the morning, his time, <laughs> could barely string two words together, telling me how good his player was. You should have said, sign, I'll, I'll send it through now, sign it now. The good thing was he actually wasn't really good player and the next day when I actually spoke to him a little bit he was a little bit more somber <laughs> and a little bit more retracted from the enthusiasm he was showing uh-huh. me and the uh, and I, I guess that's the American culture too a little bit like they are the best in the world at, at basketball and what, what do they and think they of believe. us Arsies? yeah look it's I mean we try and sell it the good thing for us is Xavier Cooks coming out of the Illawarra yeah. playing for the Sydney Kings now the multi-year deal in the NBA after being MVP last year really has helped us in that space same with um, you know Josh Giddy doing so well. The Mellow Ball was here in Australia, did really well, played for us here, the Illawarra Hawks. Um, we've got a really good narrative right now. It's a real, probably in our best window we've ever had of attracting talent out of the US who aren't quite good enough to be an NBA player or, you know, just an NBA guy who hasn't had an opportunity. We've had Jamal Murray come here as a visitor, great friends of Alex Volkanovsky. You've got Jason Tatum's dad as part of the coaching staff. He's right. dealing with uh, Nikola Jokic, his manager, uh, not to bring Nikola here, but to bring mm. some of his uh, clients here. You've got eight of your ten slots filled. How close are you to having the last two done? Uh, both of them, um, one of them I've got contracts sitting with, the last Australian spot, yep. the last local, I should say. doesn't have to be an Australian, can be an Asian-born yep. player. Um, and then with the with the import, we've got a top five that we set aside that are that okay. are unicorns. We call them the unicorns. Any of those top five, if they say yes, we will take. I'm hoping to hear back from one of them today. And, so. you, and you're still going to Vegas? Still uh, going to, to Vegas to, to no scan what. the summer league? Yep. 
uh, not just for this season, but seasons coming up. Right? Totally, totally. So, yeah. Put uh, irons in the fire. Yeah, so Las Vegas has the NBA Summer League, which is all the great players all come together. All the teams go there for their, for their um, pre-season tournament. Um, it's still the best opportunity to get all the agents there at this one time. There is opportunity to see the next tier of guys that are maybe going to get bounced out of the NBA. But we also will have Sam Froling, our center from the Hawks, playing over there. Justin Robinson is uh, locked into a team. So we've got two guys guaranteed to play in the Summer League from the Illawarra Hawks. Just keep Justin fit. Yes. Make sure he... Put him in cotton wool a bit. A little bit, yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> a great opportunity to see that. Um, all the NBL teams go over there. That w- It's a good opportunity to network with those guys as well. And, uh, yeah, you just have to be there to, to build relationships with agents to make sure you get the best quality talent. Fascinating. It's coming our way in summer. The NBL will be back in no time. And the Hawks will be back. They'll be up the top end of the ladder this time. Not where they were last season. We're going to take a break and come back and tell you about some big games on the Rugby League front coming your way this weekend. And another look at NRL's Super Saturday. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. My co-host, Hawks great Steelers fan. Look at your T-shirt. I know this is radio, but I wish it was television for a moment because you are rocking the Illawarra Steelers BHP retro jumper. Yes. Found it in the closet before I ran in here today. So, yes, I'm a huge fan of the Steelers back in the day and a great part of our region, great part of our history. And it's iron this week too, so you've actually done a fantastic (laughs) job. Uh, I tell you what, we've got two top-of-the-table clashes across our competitions down here. Firstly, Mojo Holmes Illawarra Cup today. Top of the table, Wests v De La Salle. Though. This is 3 p.m. Get out and watch some great footy mm. if you can. Wests uh, on top of the table, 11 points. De La Salle up in the Cronulla region on nine points. So top of the table clash there. Other games, Collies against Dapto, Coromel against the Rule. Jump over to Group 7, and there's another top-of-the-table clash this weekend in Jeringong. Scotty Stewart's Jeringong team against Adam Quinlan's Nowra. Now, Nowra lead the comp with 15 points. Jeringong just one point behind. They're head-to-head today at 3 p.m. Ooh. Other games Black tomorrow, Black. Shell Harbour against Kiama, Milton Ulladulla against the Stingray. So check online for your games and your times. And, and Brian Hancock... This region's harness racing great. He loves getting out to the Group 7 Rugby League. He tells me that each weekend he goes to a game and just loves the standard of footy in Group oh, 7. Wow, that's great. Yeah, he, he had a real good time watching them so far this season. Today, Jeringong against Nara, Top of the table in both the Mojo Illawarra Cup and Group 7. We're back to wrap it up right after this. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. 
been great to have your company for another Saturday in the gong. We've seen and reported on the Ashes start. England blazing away on day one, uh, setting up the rest of the test very, very much so. I want to get Matt's mock from Matt Campbell before we go too much further. Give all the desperate punters out there. They have to be desperate too to take your mock. But Definitely. <laughs> Matt's right, mock. It's a pretty good hit rate, actually. So okay, sorry. I'm in Flemington today in race two. It's called the Rod Johnson Handicap. Rod Johnson played for the Hawks back in the day. Absolutely. So I'm on for that. That's the mock part of it. It's number four, bolted in. Oh, if you're going to have a, have a tip, bolted in. Uh, let's hope so. Let's hope it does exactly that. Now, golf front, Matty Campbell. Uh, we've still got, uh, who's on? Ricky Fowler still leading the way by a shot, but Aussie's well placed. There's a Bendigo player in the field, I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Lucas Herbert is uh, down at 70 at the moment. So sitting there at plus three at the, and uh, on, on edge of missing the cut. So, yeah, good Bendigo player. Give me the winners in one word. Para against Manly this evening. I've got Manly. West Tigers against Melbourne, Melbourne tonight. Melbourne will take care of that one. Knights against the Roosters to start Super Saturday. Roosters will get that. Oh, I reckon the Knights are well placed. There'll be a big crowd there. Glorious day in the Hunter. They love their footy. And we love bringing you Saturdays in the Gong from Wollongong Golf Club. See you next week.